Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series. Welcome to 15-Minute Parenting, the podcast where you will learn ways to parent through play. Play is more than blowing bubbles. It is fundamental to your child's development and is the foundation of your relationship with your child. Each episode is 15 minutes long and will cover a different parenting topic. We will start with common scenarios we are all familiar with, from supermarket tantrums to screen time meltdowns. I will share some theory on the topic and end with practical play activities that will help you parent through these issues using my 15-minute parenting model. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Friendships are one of the most common things I hear about in my work. And I want to tell you a little story that I think is actually very common and relatable. This is a story about a five-year-old boy whose parent came to see me because they were concerned about his friendships or, as they were seeing it, lack thereof. They described to me a little boy who was very fun, very bubbly, very social, that he'd never had any issues in preschool with making friends. He always seemed to have somebody to play with and be the centre of the action. And it's not that that had really changed in him going to primary school, but what they had expected, and I guess what they had observed in other children within their broader family, was that he would have a couple of special friends. That yes, he would be friendly and play with lots of children, but he might have a couple of special friends that were just his that he would hang out with. And in the early days, things were looking good. He was bringing home one or two different children on play dates. He was looking to do things with them, get into activities, and mum was really happy about this. They thought this was great and they facilitated and encouraged it. And then one day, mum asked about this other little boy who had been in their house two or three times at that stage and said, oh, would you like to bring so-and-so over to play today after school? And her child looked at her confused. He paused and he said, who? Oh, no, I'm not really friends with him. I don't want to bring him over. And this really struck her because her belief was they were friends. They'd had this really good relationship and she thought, oh great, this is super. This is exactly what's supposed to happen. And I think that was the hook. This is what is supposed to happen. This had been bothering her enough that she'd gone to the school to inquire, was he doing okay? Were things okay in the classroom? The teacher assured her they were. He was very engaged, very social. And how had he been observed in the playground? It was one of those schools where a parent acts as chaperone on the lunch break to help out staff. So on the rota, different parents go in and they observe. So when it was her turn to observe, she really looked at him at play and saw that he was running around and playing, that he'd insert himself into different activities and games with kids. But again, that he wasn't really sticking with anything. He wasn't really staying. And as soon as the game stopped being fun to him, he would simply move on. No rows, no issues, he would just move on. And her question for me was, why can't he sustain a friendship? What does this mean? And that was something that really was an interesting starting point because it opens up the door to talk about what are friendships for our children at different stages of development. So now let's think about the theory of friendships for children and how they develop. Friendship is something that is developing and evolving from a very young stage of development. Think about your toddler, even before they go to preschool, when you bring them to a playground or a public area like that, and just simply observe how they play and interact with other children. At that age and stage of development from a child's perspective, if you are a child 
and I am a child, we're friends. That really is as deep as it goes. Hey buddy, if you can play and I can play, let's play. That is my basic need and friendship isn't any deeper than that and I can have a perfectly lovely play interaction or an afternoon on the playground with a child whose name I don't know and I might never see again and it doesn't negate how lovely that experience was and how important those transient experiences are at this early stage of development in helping me to hone and really deeper, deeper understand how friendship works and those social cues that are going to support that as I continue to grow and develop. Then I go into preschool and a lot of that continues but there's more social boundaries around me and I have to manage transitions. So while I'm a child, you're a child, let's be friends is true, some children might begin to irritate me because we're in this more closed contained setting. So I might begin to go, oh I'm so mad at this person or that person and I don't want to be their friend and I don't like them but give me a snack, a nap or a run around the yard and I've actually forgotten about that and we're back to being friends. And that's really typical, healthy, normal friendship development at this age and nothing to be concerned about at all. Then as I transition out of that preschool stage of development and setting and into primary school, more than five years old, as this little boy in the story is, what you see then is a different approach to friendships. It's quite difficult to see children of this age do what looks like a, quite a cold, detached pick up and drop. You're my friend, you're not my friend, this person's my friend. A little bit like this little boy saying to his mother, who are you talking about? I'm not friends with that person because they move on very quickly. And what's happening for them from their perspective and stage of development is that they are trying out to see who is like me and who is not like me? Who compliments me? Who challenges me? Who fits with me? Who do I like to be around? And again, it is perfectly normal and healthy for them to pick up and drop friends and try out these new experiences. Again, what is happening is that through these lived experiences and multiple interactions and social engagements with other children, they're learning a little bit more about themselves. Who makes them feel good from the inside out? They're also learning how different children respond and engage with them. So they're learning how to read and understand social cues in others. This is all very normal and indeed healthy development. From there on, what you tend to see is by the age of seven years old, this is particularly true with girls, but not exclusive to girls, they tend to have settled into a little cluster friendship group of three to five other children whom they've decided do complement them, do fit them well, do balance them out. And with little variance, this, these will be my group of friends for the rest of primary school. With boys, we tend to see it a little bit different. Boys tend to you know, migrate more towards group play, large group play, so they don't focus so intensely on each other. It's more, I want to play, we need six players, come on, we're all friends, let's do it. And if I fall out with somebody, I'll simply move on to somebody else. Now, I'm speaking in very general terms. There will always be exceptions to the rule. And when you listen to our episode on sensitive children, if you have a sensitive boy, you will notice that there might be some variance because the sensitive children just feel things a little bit deeper. But as I said, we'll talk more about that in another episode. But what I'm saying to you is, as far as friendships go, they are really, really important for children. They allow them to really deeper understand their sense of self, who they are from the inside out. That is to say, who they are to themselves, but also develop that understanding of 
who they are for other people. How do others experience me? Because that allows me to develop those all important social skills of changing how I'm saying something or what I'm saying in order to elicit a different response from somebody else. I have to be able to use my social engagement system to connect with, read and respond to the social engagement system in others. Children will do this without any great fanfare, generally speaking. It's only when they have struggles or difficulties that we really notice it. Otherwise, this is perfectly normal, healthy, and honestly, something parents really need to stay out of. The reason I'm saying that is imagine your child has fallen out with their friend and they're very upset and they've come home to you to tell you how upset they are and you're upset that they're upset and you decide you're going to either go into the school or maybe talk to the other parent and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a tension with another adult and you look over your shoulder and the child who was upset last night about falling out with their friend has moved on, they've made a repair, they're back online and now you're the one holding the tension with another adult. With very rare exception, children do not need us to interfere in their friendships. There are times they will, and again, when we talk about bullying, we really will drill into that, and that's a time when you do need to step in. But for the most part, you really don't. And I think we are doing our children a disservice if we jump into every tension and argument they have and rescue them from it, when what they really need is to develop the social skills to repair after rupture and to heal and to work their own way out of it in a solution-focused way, developing those all-important critical thinking skills. So the types of games that you play to support this stage of development and really this social skills that friendships require are quite simple. Think of games that require turn-taking. For me, I'm immediately imagining board games. Board games are a great way of managing frustration, engaging in reciprocity, and you think of games that really you can't have a strategy for. For me, it's the roll of a dice. So something like snakes and ladders, you're winning one minute and then you're not, and you have to develop the skills to manage frustrations when someone else overtakes you or seems to be doing better than you. Games like that are really useful. Games that build up um, tolerance around frustration as well. And again, with board games, think of something like Bookaroo or operation where you have to go slow and steady and be careful and anticipate the unexpected. These are all really important skills. I also like to encourage collaborative play and what that means is play that requires teamwork as an inherent part of the task. A really nice way of doing this is to simply make a path using two strips of masking tape on you know, your wood or tiled surface at home. Make it quite wide and put a cotton ball at one end. Have one of the children at one end and the other at the other end and consider they're a team tagging each other. They have to blow the cotton ball up staying in the lines, tag the other player who blows it back down and they can repeat this over. The one who's waiting has to encourage their friend so that they get their turn. They have to say, oh, move in a little bit. You're getting close to the edge so that they can achieve the task. So they're working collaboratively on that. That's a really nice way to play and encourage those skills. I also think when it comes to, at this young age, supporting friendship development, think about sharing ideas, because is that not a fundamental bedrock to friendship development? So how you could do this is you could make up stories together. 
So try it by you start a story. I always like to start my stories with once upon a time because I think once upon a time gives permission for anything to happen. It doesn't have to be real. So once upon a time and you begin a story, then you pause, you let your child step in, pick up where you left off, add in their own little bit of the story, then they pause, you come in and respond to what they've done, maybe introducing a new element that they now have to counter respond to. And between you, you build a story in this serve and return over and back interaction. That's a really lovely way of sharing ideas, engaging in reciprocity and turn taking and considering the perspectives of others. You could also do a little technique that I like to do myself when I'm in the clinic, where I gently challenge the ideas in the play. What I mean by that is if I'm playing with a child and I'm, I'm doing child-led play, so they're leading and I'm just entering into their world and following their play, I might introduce an unexpected new element to the story and see how do they respond or experience the unexpected. So we could be playing at being at the zoo and all the animals are there and I might suddenly introduce an alien landing from out of space into the middle of the zoo. And then I pause and see how does the child integrate my idea or hand it back to me as not fitting with the play. How do they deal with me inserting myself into their play? This is a really nice creative way to prepare them for the differing play patterns of other children and how they're going to engage and cope with kids who like to play differently but together. These are all really practical ways for you to creatively approach this, but hold in mind that there is a full chapter on friendships in my book, 15 Minute Parenting, and I have included far more practical play solutions there. This is really just to give you a starting point and to get you going. So the message here is that friendships have a natural rhythm and pattern to them. They develop gradually over the lifespan of your child and they do have natural inherent ups and downs, but those ups and downs are not something to be afraid of or worried about. They're actually really important and an integral part of developing a social engagement system that all children need to do. So the rule of thumb is stay out of it unless it is crossing a line into something that is more like exclusion and bullying, which is thankfully quite rare, and trust that our children know how to be a good friend. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode useful, subscribe, share with a friend, give us a like, all of which helps people find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week for a new 15-minute parenting episode or check our archives for previous topics. You can find me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune. And between now and then, have fun.